Respect for the past with an eye toward the future. That's been an unwritten motto at the American Angus Association throughout the years. The board of directors carries that out. There are five returning board members running for the five open seats on the Angus board this November. I'm Miranda Ryman with the Angus Journal, and this is one segment in a Get to Know Your Candidate series leading up to next month's election. Today I'm here with Daryl Stevenson from White Sulphur Springs, Montana. Daryl, why don't you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and your involvement in the Angus business. Hi, Miranda. Uh, thanks for having me. That's kind of a wide open question. Um, so a little bit about me personally, uh, my wife and I, Sarah, expanded to this new unit in White Sulphur Springs four years ago, along with our children, uh, CJ and Claire, and they are both uh, uh, young adults and continuing their life as so right now. Um, Actually, a little bit about them. CJ uh, graduated college from Montana State University from the honors program, actually. And then he uh, enlisted in the Army and uh, amazingly has done an amazing job uh, and has actually qualified for special operation forces uh, with the Army, specifically PSYOP. And our daughter just graduated from Cal Poly in microbiology uh, and meat science. And uh, she is now continuing her graduate degree at the uh, University of Georgia, Athens. So she is now a bulldog. And uh, we missed their help, but uh, we're very proud of both of them, how they've uh, um, uh, shown uh, their ability to mature and grow into productive young adults. Uh, my history's uh, quite well established in the Angus breed. I'd act actually have to go back a couple of generations. My my grandparents um, purchased the first ground in the in the 1930s in central Montana, and uh, the first registered cattle were bought in 1947. So, uh, my home place of Stevenson Angus Ranch hosted its uh, first bull sale in 1961. So, the year that I was born. Uh, there was actually quite a few bull sales under our belt. And so I literally was born into this business. My grandparents were, were both uh, uh, key leaders in establishing. They were charter members for the Montana Angus Association. My grandmother was also a charter member for the Montana Angus Auxiliary. And then through the 80s and 90s, my, my dad actually served in, a, in quite a few leadership roles, including the American Angus Association Board of Directors as well. Uh, so repeating myself, I was kind of born into this. This is what we do. Uh, it's a multi-generational family outfit and and this is where my passion is and this is where I make 100% of my living. Well, Montana is always one of our top states for registrations and of course the Angus breed is doing well there. So that gives you a great perspective to answer the next question, which is what does the Angus breed have going for it right now? Or what are some of the biggest strengths of both the breed and the association? Boy, there's there's a lot of different ways that I can answer this. Uh, uh, to, to me, I think there's a, a couple of statistics that speak most boldly to this. And, and uh, I recently stated that uh, the year that Sarah and I were married was 1995, and we actually attended the Certified Angus Beef Conference that year. 
And I'll, I'll never forget it imprinted me quite, quite a bit that at that point in time, that 36% of the national cow herd, uh, excuse me, 36% of the, of, of the harvested cattle nationally were black heighted. Uh, compare that today, and uh, we just surpassed 71% of all harvested cattle are actually black heighted. I think, I think this is a huge, this is a massive statement in in regard to the influence of of the breed of angus cattle uh throughout that 28 29 years and i think that in large part was due to the previous leadership um surrounding uh, not only the american angus association but the breeders themselves and genetically how we've been able to progress our breed uh to not only become um uh, competitive, uh, but to but to be dominating in in the entire marketplace from the production standpoint, Claire too uh, being uh, competitive on the feedlot and and then on the carcass level. So, um, overwhelming uh, optimism in moving forward uh, uh, for the sense of the breed from an association standpoint. Um, I think there's several things that are actually going on right now um, on a point by point basis if you want to just get down to the little things i think the the announcement and rollout of the functional longevity epd I, I i think that this is a big step forward for us um i think the the recent inclusion of teeth and underscores i think that's another trait a uh, measurable trait that we've been missing over time and i think eventually with the possible integration of both of those into dollar uh, M to make it uh, a much more robust improved index is an advantage to us. Uh, from a couple other perspectives, I think our current research uh, through AGI and uh, bovine congestive heart failure, I think could be game changing. Uh, this is one of the biggest uh, attempts, one of the largest uh, data sets to be compiled on not only heart scores, lung scores, and, and, and liver scores. But I, I do believe uh, that, that through not only AGI, but uh, collaborating uh, academia, I, I think that uh, we've got big opportunity on improving the industry. Um, as we go down kind of a short list off the top of my head, um, <clears throat> we talk about Angus Link quite a bit, but I think we made huge strides this year uh, in improving that program through our collaboration with IMI Global. Um, I'm concerned. I do believe that uh, one of my biggest concerns for the breed is the imposters that are trying to impede on our market share. I think there's a fee of black cattle out here uh, that we need to provide our own separate separation in in value. And I think Angus Link is a, is a, playing a key role in that. Uh, as well as Angus verified within that program. And I can't say that it was very predictable going into the current marketplace that premium programs would have actually paid for themselves. But I think that was a bold statement uh, through the summer months as we broke record for enrollment in, in the months of June and July and into August. And uh, I think year end was about 165,000 head of total enrollments. And that, that, that tells me we absolutely have traction and that tells me that the margins are thin enough especially at the feedlot level that like many commercial producers they want more 
and better accuracy and predictability on these cattle that go on feed. And, and at this point, Angus Link, the genomic merit scorecards, and the Angus verified all that fit under that system are, are the best avenue for them to actually find that. So those are some highlights I could go on for quite a while, but um, great, great optimism in moving forward for the breed and the association. Sure. And on the other side of that coin from uh, opportunities and what's going right, what are some of the challenges and how can the association help address those? Or how can the association be more valuable to Angus breeders and to commercial cattlemen? I, I am, uh, I'll repeat, I am gravely concerned about the imposters that are just simply black hided that we're competing against, but through Angus Link and our, our Powered by Angus uh, ad campaign, I think that we are doing as much as we can at this point. I'm not saying it's enough. Uh, we need new ideas and, and we need to, to prove a separation of the value of these descended registered cattle versus just generic black. I think that's a, I think that's a constant. Uh, you could have this interview in five years or 15 years. And I, I, I think this is an ongoing concern. Um, from a producer's perspective, I believe input costs all the way around are, are simply too much. We've got to get creative. Uh, we've got to figure out a way uh, that we can make all of this simply more cost affordable uh, to our membership. And along with that, I do believe everybody realizes the value of uh, the phenotypical data that, that requires to uh, generate our database. But I think we also need to get pretty creative on, on ease of submission. Um, we need to make this uh, we need to provide services and tools uh, at the least amount of cost and, and to make it as simple as possible. And I, I think we've got room to improve that. No immediate ideas, but I think there's some paths that need to be considered uh, moving forward. Recently, we saw through the collaborative effort with IMI Global and Angus Link, I do believe that uh, the concept of strategic partners is, is probably a wise path moving forward. Uh, no immediate plans, uh, but but I think that uh, we've learned that uh, as long as we stay in our space and, and we utilize those entities or companies that are within their space, I think this uh, could be more cost effective and, and, and possibly more efficient for the members as well. Um, concerns, probably the big picture from an association standpoint is I think that we've moved into a new era. Um, Years ago, um, if one was asked the question, who are you concerned about or what are, um, who are you monitoring, there would have been probably other breeds or breed associations that would come up in those conversations uh, in the hallways or in the boardroom. But today, as much as anything, it's uh, protecting our database and, 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 and promoting it to actually grow. And I mean specific uh, to our phenotypic database. Today, um, I, I don't necessarily like the terminology of a race for data, but that's almost what we, we feel like that we're actually in. And uh, genomically, there's a lot of companies that have some traction. They've got marketing force. They've got sales pitch to get this done. But what they want is what we got. And, and our phenotypes is, is what's driving all of our genomics. And we need to be constantly aware and protecting, uh, however, expanding that is as good as we can. And this is to the benefit 
I'm not speaking specific to the association, but truly to the membership, because it speaks for the value and the accuracy to the data that we do present for utilization out in the country. So I think, once again, that that's an ongoing concern that would be up for discussion for, for decades to come. So with a list of challenges, of course, we need leaders willing to step up and, and address those challenges. You've been on the board for a first term. What what have you learned during that first term or maybe what surprised you or what knowledge will make you better equipped if elected the second time around? Um, that's actually a great uh, great question. There There is an upswing of learning. It takes a little bit of while. Um, I've been around uh, the association and understand uh, how most everything worked, but it, it takes a little while to actually get established uh, relationship with staff, understanding um, current operations. Um, you know, there there's constant ongoing strategic planning that you've got to fit yourself into what has already been planned before you actually got there. And I do believe that uh, the leadership in the sense of the executive committee or the president uh, does a really nice job of fitting uh, particular personalities into probably where their specialties are. Um, and I think you get the probably the best out of people in, in doing that. So um, my appreciation as much as anything has gotten to know uh, personally, more of the staff and actually realize where their talents lie. And uh, if I had a message to the membership, I, I, I just couldn't uh, compliment the professional staff that works um, uh, uh, on our behalf 365 days a year, whether it's in Worcester or whether it's in St. Joe or not. So um, we've got an arsenal uh, of, of talent that's working on our behalf. I think it's the board's uh, responsibility then is is to actually implement policy or or provide guidance so that we're setting them on the the proper direction to create or improve better services or tools for the membership to be able to use. Sure. Well, is there anything else that you'd like people to know before November's annual meeting? Anything else? Um, I think it's important if the membership doesn't realize that on October 13th, there's going to be a rollout for the World Angus database. I think this is important for the entire membership in the association. Uh, this is a little bit all encompassing to some of the points that I made. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, we we worked collaborative, collaboratively with uh, the country of, of Australia and Canada for the foot claw and foot angle scores. Uh, EPDs and 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 that went uh, extraordinarily well. So for several years, uh, they've been working now on on the maternal performance and carcass traits. And on October 13th, that is going to be rolled out um, as the World Angus database. And I think this is important for membership to understand uh, that that uh, uh, this is going to provide a tremendous service to be able to compare genetics across two continents, three countries, but more importantly, uh, back to the data point, uh, database standpoint, this further ensures and, and galvanizes uh, that much more data that is under the roof of AGI. And I'm, I'm very proud and I'm pleased to see that moving forward. I think it really strengthens us. So um, that as far as um, American Angus topics from a personal standpoint, 
I, I would like to express my sincere gratitude uh, for the support uh, that I had through the first term. Uh, surely would be grateful uh, for consideration for a second. And uh, it's, it's truly been an honor is uh, I guess my final and big statement about serving the membership. So um, my door is always open. My, my phone is always available. If anybody has questions, comments, or concerns, uh, more than willing to, more than willing to listen, discuss. And um, I believe it's the job of the membership to hold the leadership accountable. So um, in favor or not, I welcome the discussion. Thank you. Well, I'll return that gratitude on behalf of the members for you taking time to serve. We know that that means that it's time away from your operation and, and the task at hand there. And I would welcome everybody to visit with you if they see you at Angus Convention next month. Awesome. Thank you. Elections will take place during the annual Convention of Delegates, Monday, November 6th. Not registered yet? There's still time to join us. Visit AngusConvention.com to learn more. To listen to all board candidate interviews and to keep up on all the latest Angus news, visit AngusJournal.net. <laughs>